What is up, Substance? Make some noise wherever you are at. You made it to church. Man, you guys are looking good. And here we are at a super exciting time in our church. Uh, I just, you know, I really do believe we're right around the, the Christmas season, which is probably one of the most evangelistic seasons in the, in the whole calendar year. And, and so before we dive into our scripture text today, I, I want to... Uh, set up our Bible text with a, a short story I heard a little while back. I, I, I'm good friends with a, a, a missionary who uh, runs an organization called One Hope. His name is Rob Hoskins. And, and of course, he told me a story about an Iranian man a while back named Nasi. And of course, many of you guys know Iran is probably one of the, the most uh, religiously oppressive countries in the world, I mean, you can literally get the death penalty for vandalism, okay? So just to give it, put it in perspective, uh, you know, so anybody who's not a follower of Shia Islam can disappear over some pretty small stuff, which uh, I'm sad to say does happen often. But this young Muslim man named Nasi was really hungry for more. And of course, one day, uh, he happened to be walking through a street market. And uh, he bought some cheese from a street vendor. And at, at, at that time, there was a paper shortage in Iran. And so uh, street vendors would take old books and uh, rip out the pages and then make a funnel to, to hold the cheese in. And of course, this particular uh, vendor happened to be using uh, an old Bible as, uh, for recycling, right? And of course, when the sea found, you know, he finished his cheese and he was like, look at this wrapping paper. And he, he started reading this single page of the Bible and he was just like riveted. I mean, he was like so curious. And, and he, he actually read the same page three times over and was like, where does this come from? What, what? He didn't know what a Bible was. And so he was so curious about this story and this text. And so he went back to the street vendor and asked him, hey, do you have any more pages of that book? And the vendor said, well, if you want any, you got to buy more figs or cheese. <laughs> and so, you know, he thought, okay. So I bought, he bought some figs. And the next day, he, he bought some more cheese. And then the next day, he bought some more dates. And he's trying to assemble this Bible, you know, one day at a time through cheese, right? And, of course, it's kind of frustrating because he's only got pieces of it. And some of these pieces don't line up. But the message was compelling. And so, finally, he realized, oh, this is what some people call the Bible, and, and, and he found an organization that, of course, we support that offered him a free Bible in Farsi, and, and, and guess what, in his native tongue, and guess what? After reading it, he gave his life to Christ, and I, I, when I heard that story, I thought, you know what, it does not take a whole lot to lead people to Christ. I'm just saying, if God can use cheese scraps, okay, to reach people, then imagine what he can do with you. And some of you are like, that's what I'm afraid of, is I can't imagine, and it's not always good, okay? But listen, for real, I think a lot of people overcomplicate the gospel, and uh, they psych themselves out. And I, I realize there's a lot of misperceptions about what Christianity is, and there's a lot of people that may not, you know, demonstrate Christianity very well. But I, I, I think about the guy that led me to Christ, uh, he wasn't perfect, but I certainly didn't look like the most friendly guy either. I, if I could be honest, you know, had the guy known me or maybe judged me from the outside, he probably would have guessed and would have imagined that I was extremely anti-Christian. And yeah, you know what? Depending on the day, I was. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just, again, what, was I interested in God? Yes, I was extremely interested in God. And so uh, it's critical to understand, because I had all sorts of questions that I could not get answered. 
You see, it's critical to understand though, sharing the gospel doesn't merely benefit others, it actually benefits the sharer as well, okay? In fact, check out what the Apostle Paul prayed in Philemon verse six. There's only one chapter in Philemon, so it's chapter one, right? So I, I pray, Paul says, so this is what he prays. I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith. Okay, so it's so important that he's praying for this believer that that he would be active in sharing his faith so that, here's why, you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. If you really wanna have a full understanding, if you really wanna be a disciple, You can only do it by sharing, okay? You're learning through teaching, and not just teaching anything, but but if you wanna know the good things that we have in Christ, you've got to learn how to be active in sharing your faith. Now, uh, if that freaks you out, it's probably because you have some misunderstandings or misconceptions as to what that looks like. I, I think a lot of people think sharing their faith means um, you know, doing high-stress street evangelism, and, or maybe it means putting Christian bumper stickers on your car, which, based on how some of you drive, you should not be putting Christian bumper stickers on your car, okay? I'm just letting you know that. Some of you, that would shrink our church, okay? I, I, let me give you a really practical way, though, on how to do it, okay? So uh, I remember back when I went to the University of Minnesota, Um, I was a newer believer, I was learning a lot about sharing my faith, but I I was really fired up about it. I had spent uh, my summer, I had just gotten back from uh, Ghana, West Africa, I had done evangelism all summer there, and so I had seen some pretty crazy miracles, and so I'm like, God, I was all fired up, like, I want to see miracles in Minneapolis, you know, I want to see it on the U of M. I was all fired up, but, and I, I had to figure out, though, like, the new context. How do I share it in a way that's not weird, that's not spooky, that doesn't start arguments, which can be kind of tricky, right? It's kind of like learning, you know, some people are like bombs. you got to learn how to cut the blue wire or cut the red, oh, you're a red, red wire person. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you have to learn how to kind of disarm people when it comes to all their pre, uh, preconceived ideas, but I, here's what I learned, Okay. I realized that you don't even have to say anything in order to share your faith. If you do it right, people will ask you about your faith. And some of you are like, well, wait, how does that work? Well, okay, let me just, let me just show you three simple little habits that I think will make a massive difference when it comes to sharing your faith. And for those of you who are maybe beginners at this, uh, you know, the first one is really, really simple. It's this, simply don't hide it. That's it. Don't hide it, okay? So if they ask you, so what you doing this weekend? Don't say, oh, I'm hanging with friends <laughs> at church, okay? You, you just have to say, I'm going to church. I'm excited, or I'm going to my small group. I'm going to worship practice. I'm going to fill in the blank, whatever it is. That, you know, just, just be honest. All you really have to do is, get this, not lie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just... Uh, people who are hungry will dig for more. Really? You go to church. I never thought of you as a church-going person. Well, like what kind of church? Just, again, uh, like I, 
I've noticed that if I just simply don't hide it over time, I can't tell you how many people have invited themselves to church with me simply because I told them the truth. I'm going to church, okay? Uh, you don't even have to pull a, a, what we call a Jesus juke. Do you guys know what a Jesus juke is? It's like a football term, right? But, uh, well, a Christian football term. It's, it's when you awkwardly segue every conversation into Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Peter, are you on Facebook? No, but I face the good Lord's book every day. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, where you weren't talking about the, they were asking you about Facebook, not about whether or not you read your Bible, right? Can you pass the hot sauce? No, but I can give you tongues of fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a Jesus juke. You're trying to, you're trying too hard, okay? So you don't have to, you don't have to be, we call it oversaved. You know, some people are saved and some people are oversaved. They cooked a little too long and uh, they just turn every conversation into, you know, like, I, we're, we're, we weren't talking about that. okay. Okay, okay. Um, so don't, don't try too hard, but don't hide it either, okay? So I remember back at, at again, back at the University of Minnesota, when I, I, I had this, I had a Bible and I put all these like punk rock stickers on it. And then I would just, you know, um, all I did was stack it with my textbooks and that was it. People would ask me about it all the time. Dude, is that a Bible? Do you actually read that? No, I just carry it around, you know? Have you heard of the Bible workout? You know what I'm saying? Working up to a 40-pound Bible, and by the end of 90 days, a full commentary set. You know what I'm saying? Of course I read my Bible. Of course I read it. No, they're like, really? Like, like what do you mean? You know, they were just asking me questions about it. It started so many conversations. I didn't have to start a single one of them. And, I, and, and, and maybe you're out there, and you're like, yeah, but... Man, aren't there, you know, Pastor Peter, aren't there a lot of people that are just kind of antagonistic to the gospel? Well, yeah, it's because they haven't met you yet. I, some, of, some of you, it's like, well, <laughs> your, your friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, give them an encounter with God that is actually filled with life. There's a plenty of life-sucking Christians, but life-giving Christians. You know, I, I, a lot of times, I, I had to just apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry for the crusades. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, there are a lot of weird Christians out there. You know what? Just because you had a bad hamburger doesn't make all hamburgers bad. You know what I'm saying? I think most people know (laughs) the difference between life-giving and life-sucking, that it's not all the same. I think, you know, again, yeah, but Pastor Peter, what if somebody asks questions that I can't answer? Don't worry about it, okay? Just say, I don't know, but let's find out together. You know what I'm saying? It's really that simple. Yeah, but Pastor Peter, doesn't the Bible say that always be a re- just always be ready to give an answer for the, yeah, it does say that, but here's what it actually says. Okay, let me point that out, that one scripture. It's 1 Peter 3.15, and, and, and we are commanded in scripture, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Okay, so yes, be ready. It doesn't say be ready to answer every theological question because let me tell you, we're gonna be learning about God forever. You realize that he goes on forever? He is infinite. That means we're gonna spend forever getting to know God and so just, just realize you're not gonna be able to answer every question and no matter how much insight I get about the Lord, somebody still stumps me every now and again, okay? So just, it's not about the knowledge you have. It's about the hope that you have, okay, for the hope that you have, but, and then of course he gives instructions, do this with gentleness 
and respect, okay? So don't get into arguments. If they're upset, hey, don't mirror that behavior. Just be sweet. Just be gentle about it, keeping a clear conscience. In other words, don't do something you regret uh, so that those who speak maliciously against you, it kind of assumes that this will happen from time to time, those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. In other words, just don't give them more reasons to be weird, okay? There are gonna be some people who are gonna be mean. Uh, it's okay, just give an answer to the hope that you have, okay? So now let's, let's come back to these three habits, okay? Simply don't hide your faith. But, but again, the second thing is don't be a know-it-all either. You know what? Sometimes one of the greatest things you could say is you might be right. You know what I mean? It just disarms people and, and like, you know, some of you, that's really hard for you to say. <laughs> Let's be honest, okay? If you're a person that struggles with apologizing or if you're a person that, you know, you just, you need everyone to embrace every single weird political theory you've ever had in addition to Christianity, in addition to what, you just, at some point, you can just say, hey, I don't know. You might be right. Don't be a know-it-all. The simplest thing is this, okay? So uh, the, the, one of the, 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 the third thing is, Inevitably, once people know you're a believer, inevitably there's going to become a situation, coming a situation where they're going to just have a rough day. And so what I would do around coworkers who are having a rough day or having a difficult time, I would simply say, hey, I don't want this to sound weird, but I do believe that God still does miracles. Would you be cool with it if I just prayed for you tonight? And uh, don't even pray for them on the spot because praying for people in public, some people are, that's like another level for some people, okay? So I don't even escalate it there. I'm just like, hey, I, I believe God can do miracles. Can I pray for you tonight? Most people are like, wow, thank you. You would pray for me? And, and I'm well, yeah, of course I'd pray for you. And, and those are opportunities for miracles, church. I really do believe that God longs to show up in a lot of people's lives. Well, what if he doesn't show up in that particular person? Well, that's God's reputation, not yours. He didn't say that you're going to do the miracle. God is the one who does it, okay? And so all of our job is just to tee it up, is just to be witnesses. I'm going to pray for you. And, and most people would, would actually be like, wow, I'm really blessed. In fact, in all my years, I've never had anyone say, um, turn me down. No, no, actually, that's not true. I did have one person say, don't pray for me. I would prefer that you didn't pray. Okay, and guess what? I prayed double for that person. <laughs> you don't tell a feisty Christian to not pray. They're gonna call the entire church. Unbelievable, and that's what we did. It's like, telling, it's like giving $100 to my wife and saying, don't go shopping, right? She'll, <laughs> she'll have some designer outfit off eBay in less than five minutes. I'm just saying. You know, uh, but, but after doing these three things, what, what, here's what'll happen, okay? After doing these three things, inevitably life will give, it will throw curveballs at people where they will realize they're not in control. I don't care how much money you have, I don't care how much you work out, eventually you are gonna realize that your body doesn't last forever, that you don't control the whole universe, and they're gonna come up to you in that moment and they're gonna be like, hey, you know, like, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Would you pray for my grandma who is sick? And I don't go to church, but I, I, you know, I know you do, and so maybe you got a little extra connection with the man upstairs. I can't tell you how many times people have said that to me. And, uh, you know, eventually, people, when they have their questions, life 
will shatter the illusion of all of our bad theology. That's how, that's how life works. Life is designed to shatter incorrect ideas about how we got here and what's the answer to everything. At some point or another, people will have to ask deeper questions, and that's a good thing, including you and I. And We're going to go into that a little bit more this next week, how life will force you to get a little more sophisticated with your theology. But eventually, all of us are gonna have that. And so what would happen in those moments is I would always have either A, I'd learn how to share my own story of how I came to terms with, with Christianity. And I really do believe that you need to learn how to just share your story. And it can be a simple little testimony or just even grab a miracle story that inspires you. Heck, you can share, you know, like I, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, Pastor Peter, everywhere I go, I share about how, um, you know, you gave your life to Christ in a nightclub, you know what I'm saying, out of my book. And I'm like, awesome, awesome. Here, let me teach you how to share your story as well. And so you don't even have to share your story. You can share somebody else's story. Heck, you could even share the story of our, you know, like how we got our downtown building. I, we put it on our website just because a lot of people like to share that story. It, it's just, again, any miracle story that moves you can be a testimony that forces people to ask the question, well, hey, what if the gospel is real? What if God is doing something really in our time and in our generation? You're, it's like giving something salty to someone. Eventually, they're going to be thirsty for more, right? So I, I just, and again, I... I I don't try to have to figure out all of the mysteries of the universe when people ask me. I'm always, 90% of the time, uh, when I was a young believer and people would ask me tough questions, I'd say, I don't know, but you know what? I'll go talk to my pastor this week and kind of find out. And then if you want to explore it with me, let's do it together. In other words, you're, you're not supposed to be the Bible know-it-all. You're supposed to just be a person on a journey that they can come alongside with. And, and, and guess what? Over time... I got better and better at answering really complicated questions when just over the years I would learn. But guess what? I learned by sharing. The more I would share, the more people would stump me, the more people would stump me, the more I would read my Bible, the more I would read my Bible, the more I could give weird answers, right? And it got to the point where, you know, like, how do you know God exists? And then I could be like, well, there's five genres of intellectual arguments and I could go through them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was able to do it because I shared my faith. And suddenly I understood why the Apostle Paul prayed, be active, so that you will have a full understanding. Is because people would ask me the tough questions. Well, why doesn't God always heal? And then I could explain, well, the scriptures has, you know, these eight different reasons why we don't get healed. And I was able to actually share it. And 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 I, I want you to, to get to this point. That's why the, 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 it says in Proverbs 11.30, he who wins souls is wise. If you're a soul winner, if you're out there sharing your faith, you be, you're wise. But why? Well, because again, we learn by sharing. We're not wise on the front end. We're wise on the back end. We learned how to share our faith because we did it, okay? And as we do, we have to seek answers and, and we become wise. And, and, but the reason I'm saying all this is because I, I really do believe that, that true evangelism is actually intended to be effortless. It's meant to be simple. Just build relationships with people who need Jesus and share your story. It really is that simple. And, and, and we're not out here telling people what to do, okay? I, it's important you get this. Just tell them what God did in you. Keep it simple. You are not the judge, the jury, and the prosecutor. You are a witness 
okay? Nor are you the Holy Spirit. Let me just clarify roles because sometimes we get this confused. John 16, 8 says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment, okay? Just let me clarify. You are not the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you are like, yeah, but my guilt trips are amazing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, maybe so. But I, I just, listen, you gotta make sure that you understand your role in the equation. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and he's much better at it than you are. And it's our job to be his witnesses, okay? When the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses, Acts 1.8, okay? So uh, the good news is that we don't have to be the judge and jury. All, you know, think about it this way. Sin judges people all by itself. It has built-in consequences. It's like touching the hot stove. It naturally hurts, Okay, so if, if a person is going to choose to have a terrible worldview, they're going to come to the hot part of that worldview where it's not working for them at some point or another, okay? In, in fact, actually, the Bible puts it this way, Psalm 16:4. the sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods, okay, it is, I mean, it's, it's, think about it. There's a guaranteed promise of sorrow when we have idols in our lives, false gods, terrible worldview that does not actually hold up under scrutiny, that does not go through the storms of life, as Jesus put it, okay? So, so the, the, there's already a built-in consequence for every negative worldview, for every uh, sin. And so all we have to do is be ready to be witnesses, okay? So think of it like this, okay? You can live however you want when it comes to your sexuality or finances. I'm not going to judge you, okay? If you, like to put it this way, if you want to eat chocolate-covered poop, go for it. Bon appetit. You know what I'm saying? Go for it. But if you ever change your mind, I'm going to be right here with some spiritual mouthwash and some Holy Spirit ice cream, you know what I'm saying? And I say this because uh, think, evangelistically, things only get weird when we start trying to do the Holy Spirit's job. Does that make sense, everybody? God only called us to be his witnesses, Acts 1.8. And so here's the deal. If someone seems open, um, then I simply ask them a, a simple little question, and it's this. Hey, do you want to press the reset button with God? Okay? I, I don't, I, you don't have to get all like, you know, King James, would you like to receive the, you know, the, inf- the, the new creation, you know what I'm saying? Like we speak, all, you know, our, our weird Christian lingo or have you ever accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? You know, like don't worry about having the correct expression. There are some people who really just speak normal language. You just want to press the reset button with God. And then the simplest way to do, like a, a simple little salvation prayer and you'll notice, I just, all you have to do is remember four words, okay? And, and it's this. When I pray with people, well, hey, so you want to do it? Okay. Jesus, forgive me, renew me, lead me. That's it. And then you can end it and be like, wow, that's it? And then, well, you, know, you have to explore your faith, but we're pressing the reset button here. It's just Jesus, forgive me, renew me. And lead me, okay? So the forgiveness, you're getting the ongoing relationship with the Lord and the Lordship of Christ. You're saying, forgive me, renew me, lead me. And, and let's, say, let's say you're not even comfortable doing that. Well, okay, 
then just invite people to church. That's why we do what we do here, okay? 90% of the things that we do here are simply to make it easy for you to share your faith with your friends. And so people ask me even, even before they even get to church, I, I, we want to make it easy for you to share media. A lot of people ask, why do we do like, you know, worship albums and music videos and things like that? It's because we want to have shareable content. Uh, I remember the first time we had uh, uh, content that went viral. In fact, when we, we did our, our music video for the, the song Hanging, um, that we did on our first I.O. album, we had 100,000 views in less than a week. What we're doing there is just making it easy for you to invite people into church. Or people ask us about our, well, you know, like, why do you do a sitcom? Why are you guys gearing up to do motion pictures here at Substance? Well, it's because we want shareable content that makes it easier. It makes it a slippery creek bank for those people that normally wouldn't go to church. They, you, you can share it online. In fact, even just this last year, a, a Substance person invited their Hindu friend to church. And, and of course, at first, their friend was a little freaked out, like, you're inviting me to a church? church, like a church, like they were like, I don't know if I'm ready to go to a church, and then they sent them our our Christmas sitcom trailer, and they're like, oh, oh, okay, that sounds fun, actually. It was almost like it disarmed them. They, they saw the excellence of it and they thought, oh, so not all churches are boring or not all churches are spooky or not all churches are heavy-handed uh, in their approach. No. Uh, in fact, actually, people are significantly more likely to come if they feel comfortable checking us out virtually. And so that's why we're always creating shareable content, which... Uh, by the way, I know you saw a little sneak peek of our, our, our Christmas sitcom in the announcements, but we also made a, a cute little uh, trailer that you can share on social media that's even shorter. In fact, uh, do you guys want to see it real quick? Just a, a short little version of it? All right. Just real quick. Check this out. Hello there. My name is Jacques. I am a private detective traveling the world trying to solve the unsolvable. Recently, I was hired by Pastor Peter to investigate a case here at Substance Church. Apparently, someone sabotaged or murdered, if you will, the Substance Staff Christmas party. In order to get to the bottom of this, I need your help. So join me as we prepare to uncover who murdered the party. Someone has murdered the party by putting pineapple on this pizza. Pretty sure it's just Hawaiian-style pizza. No, that's not right at all. It's actually going to be a live interactive. People can vote, and then we'll customize it based on how they vote. And so I'll, I'll tell you what, it just if you could, real quick, just help us out right here and now. If you have your phones, why don't you take them out, wave them at me. And uh, really fast, this will only take 20 seconds, okay? If you feel comfortable sharing that trailer on your social media, why don't you do it right now? Just go to Facebook. 
go to Instagram, whatever, you know, social media, however you enjoy substance content, just go to the Substance Church page on our social media. And so, uh, you know, and, and just, you'll find that trailer right here, right now. Now, if you don't know how to do this, just, you can just look at the Substance page on Facebook or Instagram, find the sitcom trailer and just hand the phone to your nearest young person and they'll help you out, they'll post it. Now get this, if even a couple of you, you know the little paper airplane button, okay, the share button, if, if even a couple hundred of you did it right now, it would be the, it would be the equivalent of giving Substance $40,000 worth of free promotion, okay? That's how much it would cost to, to push that content if we actually had to give that money away, okay? It, boosts, it also boosts us in the algorithm which means tens of thousands will see it because of this singular moment right here, okay? That's why sharing content matters is because it, it, it literally will make a massive difference and it costs you nothing, okay? So it's almost like every person here that shares this, it's like giving substance 10 bucks, okay? And you don't wanna know what the craziest thing is about this? Is that dozens of people will give their lives to Christ due to this singular act without even coming to our Christmas experience. Now, in case you're wondering, like, what do you mean? Okay, I kid you not. One time, our, our media department was simply testing out our Facebook stream, and they wanted to see if the, they just wanted to test if the streaming function was working correctly. Okay, that was all. And so what they did was they posted a one-minute clip of my sermon, just took the end of a sermon as a test and streamed it for a second, and then they were gonna delete it if it worked, okay? They just wanted to find out if it worked, okay? And the clip that they happened to be testing was the end of my message where I was doing a, a quick little salvation prayer, like the one I showed you right here. Get this, in that brief span of time, six people heard it and texted our salvation line to give their lives to Christ. It was that little moment where I'm like, hey, if you wanna give your life to Christ, text this number. They didn't even hear an entire prayer. They didn't even hear the message. It was literally just the prayer and the salvation line and that many people decided that I am going to text this line to give my life to Christ. It was a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a message. And yet it hit the right person at the right time and they're gonna forever be in heaven because of that, okay? Even just, I cannot tell you how many times people have, just me posting the trailer, they'll literally are like, they'll tell me, hey, I'm planning on coming and giving my life to Christ this year. It's like, well, you don't have to wait. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost weird how like the seeds that we've planted over the last 10 years can suddenly harvest with something as simple as that. And listen, church, that's why Jesus said in Mark 4, listen to this scripture. He, he talks about how simply the kingdom of heaven can actually spread. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. In other words, it doesn't matter. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself. The soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the, in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. In other words, Jesus was simply saying, hey, do not overcomplicate your role when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, when it comes to sharing your faith. Yes, 
We should always be sowing seeds, making small invites, but don't analyze how God does it, when God does it. Notice whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts, though he does not know how. In other words, it's not even your job to figure out how in the world is this going to matter when it comes to that one relative. How is it going to matter? In fact, the very next parable that Jesus actually shared was the famous parable of the mustard seed, where he basically says that God can take a tiny little small seed, a tiny little small act of generosity, and then create a giant disproportionate result uh, of our, compared to our estimation of the act. In other words, we don't see it as, we don't see that little mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds as, as valuable, and yet it produces that result, okay? Here's my point. All of us have loved ones who we want them to know the Lord. Don't pretend to know who is open and who is not. Don't pretend to know who is open and who is not. Don't pretend. Some people, are, they've been praying for, for years that God would give them a revelation, okay? So every single year at our services, we see over 1,000 people that make decisions to follow Christ. Over half of them were total shockers, okay? And so this week, just take a moment. Here, and if you're out there and you're like, well, you know, like I still, Pastor Peter, you don't know how complicated my relatives are, okay? Okay, just if that's, let me say it this way, okay? On my blog, I have several steps that will help you figure out like how to just share it in a non-spooky way, okay? And I'm telling you, even as you do this, you are going to learn more about your faith. You're gonna start asking deeper questions. And I actually, I believe that asking deep questions is essential. Explore your doubts. Don't be afraid to ask the tough questions because the, the, it's in asking the tough questions that you're actually gonna discover God. I believe that he's got an answer for all of the, the toughest scientific questions, the toughest philosophical questions. And so a lot of people think it's sacrilegious to ask tough questions. I say no, it's sacrilegious to be indoctrinated. It's sacrilegious just to blindly follow any worldview. You gotta explore it, you gotta test it out. And so on here, it's it, really what I do is I have like a simple little worksheet that'll help you figure out who God is calling you to reach this season, and of course, that first Wednesday I, I started in December, I, I introduced a few of the concepts, but the, the idea is simple. There's always two or three people in your life that God is just anointing you to reach or just anointing you to bless. Just be kind to the certain people in your life, and so it's just a worksheet that'll help you figure that out. And, 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 but let me, let me end with this, okay? A, a while back, I got to hear another testimony of a, a man named Sanji. Adanga, he actually is an evangelist who works for the organization Every Home for Christ. Uh, as I've traveled the world, as I've, I've been in a lot of places, I've gotten to hear a lot of uh, really unique testimonies. He, Sanji lives in North Africa. I'm not going to get into the specifics as to where he lives. Uh, but he happened, to be handing out, uh, he happened to be handing out Bibles in a particular city that uh, it's illegal to evangelize, but he was going to do it anyway. And uh, an angry man in his mid-20s uh, came up to him after he handed him this literature and uh, he, uh, he just started ripping it all up and just shredding it and he threw it on the ground and, uh, and then he shoved Sanji and he said, if I ever see you giving out this Bible stuff ever again, I will kill you. I will find your family and I will kill you and you're a dead man. And so, of course, you know, obviously it completely rattled Sanji. He was just, you know, extremely rattled, and he had good reason. Again, he lived in a country where it was very common for people like him to just suddenly 
disappear, right? And, and so the next morning, Sanji was sleeping in his bed when all of a sudden he just heard this really loud noise. It was like this violent pounding on his front door and it just kind of freaked him out. It woke him up, he's getting dressed, he's looking. And when he looked out his window, guess who it was? It was the violent guy. And he's thinking, oh no, like I, this guy found out where I lived. Like, how did he figure this out? And he's like, I didn't tell him anything. And, and all of a sudden he just felt God impress upon his heart, hey, open the door, something is different, I got you. I'll protect you, Sanji. Open your door and I'll protect you. And, and so he, he opened the door really slowly. He looks out and he's like, what, what are you doing here? Like, how did you find me? And uh, the Muslim man actually said, okay, uh, crazy story. My name is Abdullah Masa. And I know this is going to sound strange, but I need, you know that thing I tore up yesterday? I need that. Do you have any more of those? And he's like, is this like a trick? You know, like, is this like a, a trick question? And, and he goes, no, 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 I, I, I need it, I need it, I need it. He goes, last night I was laying in bed and somehow when I was sleeping, somebody grabbed me by the shoulders and started violently shaking me and shook me awake and I immediately jumped up in fear, like who broke into my house? I was swinging my fists into the, into the darkness, you know, in my defense and yet, despite, he goes, I know I was violently woken up by someone but I, I couldn't find anyone in the room. Nobody was in my house. I ran, I turned the lights on and no one was there. And I just, I stood there shaking in the corner. Well, uh, finally, when I started to relax, I, I lit up a cigarette and all of a sudden a loud voice filled my room saying, you have torn the truth. You have torn the truth and the message you were given was the message of God's truth that points to eternal life. It told of the only way to lasting peace and happiness and yet you have torn it up. And then the voice gave me your address and told me to immediately come at sunrise. Okay, true story. And then after a long pause, Sanji finally says, okay, <laughs> would you like to come in? I'll." I'll I'll share the full story with you. And sure enough, Abdullah Masa gave his life to Christ and not long after, Abdullah went to Bible school and today he now works for that same organization, Every Home for Christ, as a home-to-home -home evangelist. Come on, somebody. I'm just saying, don't assume what God is gonna do through someone's life. He just needs you to be a witness. He needs you to be a witness. We serve a God who loves to reveal himself. And maybe you're here and you're like, I still don't know what I think about all this stuff. Hey, it's okay. Run to those doubts. Listen, I do believe that God has more for you and we just wanna go on a journey with you. And, and, and maybe you're, you've already made that decision. Maybe you already know you believe in Jesus and you wanna walk it out. I'm just saying, don't get all up in your head about how God does it, okay? Even whether you, <laughs> whether you sleep or get up. Just let God do his thing. You sow seeds. That's all I'm saying. And I, I really do believe that God wants to reveal himself to everybody in this season. And so just right now, close your eyes, bow your heads, and just maybe where, where could you use a revelation? Let's just talk about it like that. Maybe you already know Christ and you could just use a revelation about your physical body, about your parenting, about your family, about your finances. I believe that God not only wants to reveal himself to us, but he wants to reveal all forms of wisdom. Or maybe you're here and you're, you're like, I still have too many questions before I can call myself a Christian. 
Just, but are you open? Are you willing to take a little step and just continue to explore it? Hey, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to go to God with your questions. And no matter where you're at, I just believe that God wants to reveal himself. If you just pray this simple little prayer after me, would you all just join in with me? Just say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me, renew me, and lead me starting today and for the rest of my life. Father, I pray that we'd all just become better at sharing our faith and knowing who you are. Reveal yourself to us this Christmas season, Lord. That's why you came to earth, is that you knew we couldn't figure it out on our own, and so you sent your only begotten son to just tell us about heaven, to to die for us, to raise from the dead, to prove it, and, and you're still doing miracles and revealing yourself today. I pray that you continue to do it this season. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Hey guys, even this next week, I'm gonna get into advanced evangelism. We're gonna get uh, even more deep on this and it's gonna get really, really fun this next week. But I, I, again, just be sharing that content out there and start inviting your friends today so that in a couple of weeks from now, we can really have a fun Christmas. With all that said, Canvas Pastors, come on up, tell us where we're gonna go next.